the Witchology podcast. We are here again with episode number six. I'm very excited to speak with you about city witchery and all that kind of urban witchery stuff. Very excited indeed. So let's get started with a book review. Surprise, surprise. This week's book review is City Witchery by Lisa Marie Bazile. This was published in 2021 with Becca and Mayer, so not a brand new one. It has been out for a while now, um, but it's an exciting one that I wanted to bring to you um, and related to the interview. So let's get to it. Magic is everywhere, but many city dwellers struggle to adapt traditional magic practices to the realities of urban life where nature, time, space and resources are scarce. City Witchery is an accessible and intuitive guide to making and finding magic as a city dweller, traveller or someone living in a small apartment. So, the book starts with a pretty fulsome introduction and it kind of goes through what you can expect from the book, what not to expect from it, etc. Um, and I really respect it when authors do this, um, this kind of contextualization when it comes to starting their books. As I find it, um, I do find it kind of wasteful when books rehash the same, like the same old beginner witchcraft stuff. That might be a bit harsh, but that's just how I feel, okay? <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes it is necessary to kind of go through that as part of the contextualization of the book. Um, but generally, it's not, I don't think it's necessary to um, assume everyone's a beginner, generally. But yeah, I like when they contextualise it. It tells, tells you that the book knows what it is and knows its place within the whole, you know, witchcraft discourse, literature kind of thing. So after the intro, the chapters that follow are split into different areas of witchcraft. And um, th these sort of present us with useful spells, rituals, practices that we can employ within uh, within the city context. And this includes, you know, protections and shielding. Um, and what I really like is how Lisa frames this more as forming and an understanding and respecting our own boundaries, particularly when it comes to the energies that you'll be surrounded with, um, as opposed to protect protecting yourself from danger or something. There's a chapter on letting your intuition lead you through the cities. Um, and another for finding ways of connecting with the city through its history and its architecture. And that's actually something that Kath and I talk more on in the interview in this episode as well. Um, there's moon magic practices for the city and creating a magical home environment as well, like your own personal sanctuary in the city. I won't give too much away because I think you should read it. <laughs> uh, but even if you're not living in a city or a big town, I think it's really good for contextualising Oh my gosh, <laughs> how many times are we going to say that in this review? Really good for contextualising city practices and it might make you appreciate the magic of cities more, you know, especially if you're looking to travel or you do travel to cities and etc. cetera. Uh, little city breaks and things like that. We love a city break. Overall, I really resonated with this book a lot. Um, I felt it, you know, I really respected the notes on accessibility at the beginning as well and the emphasis on expanding and adapting the advice and guidance in the book uh, to suit you and your experience. It might be, I mean, maybe my stubborn Taurus son, but <laughs> I really enjoy when authors use that kind of open language and invite you to make your own interpretations, you know, as opposed to do it like this or else. <laughs> it makes me just think like, no, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I wouldn't say... I necessarily learned anything new from this book um, but I think that's because I've also you know always lived in the city or or at least you know a big town that wasn't technically a city but you know hey ho but it definitely prompted me to look at some things differently and apply what I already know in different ways so overall I will give this book 
four stars and only because I can't give five stars to everything, you know, I've got a bell curve thing going here. <laughs> but yes, I highly recommend. Um, I personally felt really validated reading it and comforted as well to think about all the other city witches out there. So yeah, top job, would recommend. Running a small business in today's economic landscape is no mean feat. Even if you love what you do, the constantly shifting social media algorithms can make it tricky for small witchy businesses to get seen by their perfect customers. Photography, product design, bookkeeping, emails, ugh, everything that goes into making your business work is enough without having to worry about SEO, backlinks and advertising as well. We believe in the power and magic of the witch economy and that's why we created Coven Market, a virtual directory of the best witchy businesses, crafters, artists, tarot readers and shops. And it's designed to elevate your platforms and provide you with the backlinks to boost your SEO. Find out more information at witchologymagazine.com forward slash coven hyphen market hyphen subscription. So my guest this week is the brilliant Kath Wallace. Kath is a longtime contributor to Witchology Magazine um, and a good friend to us as well. Um, I'm very excited to talk to her today. Kath is a practicing witch from the UK uh, with over 24 years experience in various witchcraft pathways and traditions. Today, Kath identifies as a folk witch working with magical herbalism, her local biosphere, astrology and divination. She loves teaching and writing about witchcraft and is passionate about supporting new witches to establish and develop their practice. She's the co-founder of Secrets of the Cauldron and co-author of Your Magical Guide Planners, Printables and Workshops. And we bloody love it and bloody love her. <laughs> so welcome, Kath. Thank you for being here. Thank you for that lovely introduction and thank you very much for having me on your podcast. I'm excited. Yes, very exciting. So we are going to talk about everything city witchery. Uh, is something, <laughs> something that um, doesn't often get touched on, does it? No, and it, it really does drive me a bit mad because in reality that is where the vast majority of us probably live and if not city certainly in urban environments and mm. I guess despite the uh, perception and the aesthetic and the romantic notions which we all have deep in our heart that mm-hmm. um, we you know want to be in the middle of nowhere in the woods um, living our magical lives the reality is the majority of us live in, in urban environments Absolutely. Yeah, I um, live in a large city on the south coast of the UK and quite quite close to a lot of the more kind of aesthetic witchy areas, as you might um, see them. But um, yeah, I often do you find as a as another witch in the city that sometimes it can feel a little bit like, I don't know, alienating when you kind of see those that kind of I don't know, maybe even the content. I mean, a lot of the time what we're looking at or what we engage with kind of impacts our view I don't know it makes us question what we do and who we are I suppose (laughs) it's maybe where I'm getting it yeah definitely I think you know there is really those sort of romantic notions and that idealized view and especially you know looking on um you see people's photos on social media and they're in these sort of really beautiful environments and it doesn't feel there's a lot of very specific content there's not many specific books although there's a little bit of an increase in a couple of books about city witchery which is really good but there isn't a great deal of um, content I was googling um, city witchery podcasts just out of curiosity I think I've found about five or six episodes which when you think about the sheer volume and some of that was mixed in with techno-paganism. So when you just think about the sort of sheer volume of information out there it, and given actually is probably where the majority of us are, 
mm. the content just doesn't align does it really and I think that's a real shame especially because I don't drive mm. so a lot of mine really is my practice is about having to be sort of creative about uh working in the city because I don't really have a lot of flexibility to even escape easily anyway to um more kind of rural or, or natural environments yeah absolutely um I totally empathize with that <laughs> I, I don't drive either and it's sort right. of like well, okay maybe I could walk to I mean there's a big common in the city so I, was like, oh, I could walk to the common but it's not quite the same as yeah. being lost in the woods somewhere is it yeah. um so what's the biggest I mean what the, what's the biggest thing that you think um we miss out on by not emphasizing the the value and the relevance of city witchery I think we overlook the real resources, therefore, that a city can have. I think there is a tremendous amount of both kind of practical and energetic resources that a city can offer that aren't available in other environments. And I think there just isn't very, very little attention sort of paid to that or paid to maybe how we can adapt spells or our workings to, to that sort of city environment. Uh, I think there is real benefits of it that are just not explored. Mm, yeah definitely because I think they're quite liminal spaces cities aren't they there's always so much going on isn't there yeah they are massively liminal spaces and and I think they really can be used you know we've got an abundance of crossroads mm. bus stations train stations places like that are absolutely great for for kind of working that liminal energy and it definitely energetically takes some practice it is doesn't always come as naturally as maybe you know kind of pulling energy from the earth or from trees uh, so it does take a little bit of practice but um i've also you know i've done banishing spells by tucking petitions into you know trains and sort of sending people on their way and so i do think I there, is some, <laughs> there is some uh, kind of creative ways of, of working with the energy of cities and that that liminality i think is a really key feature of it Mm, absolutely um so what in terms of the resources um available in the city where would what where would one where would one I don't know why I get so posh where would one get started with this Kath <laughs> where would one get started with finding the resources in the city <laughs> I think there's just some really sort of pr practical aspects to city living isn't it in terms of what we have available that can really influence our witchery so libraries you know for, for we generally I live in Liverpool we have a fantastic library so access to free resources there both in terms of you know witchcraft history plants you know all of that local information is is there and freely available in a way that it may not be in rural areas we've got you've got all your museums and art galleries and those public spaces that can really inspire and influence your practice especially if you know you, you're kind of really influenced by art and things like that also just practically we've got we generally will have access to some form of metaphysical or even witchcraft shop we'll have access to great thrift shops so we can go in and find you know cheap magical supplies so just the real practical aspect as well as I think we have got easier access to community if that is something you're seeking as a witch and I know not everybody is but it is a question I get asked a lot about how do I find other witches and I just think generally you know we've got local moot here but even you know even if you're looking at more um 
more adjacent spaces such as you know the vegan and vegetarian cultures or foraging or areas like that there is an awful lot of those type of resources and opportunities going on in the city I think to make connections if that is something that you're interested in I think it's easier for us and I, I think those advantages get really overlooked that's such a good point you know I've never even thought about that like how how just how many people are are around um that you know you're going to be 100% more likely to find yeah. like-minded people to engage with and and you know thinking of human resources in that way yeah absolutely so with with city I don't know about you um but with being a witch in the city one of the things and also I'm not very green-fingered at all I have to admit right now <laughs> um do you find that you often look to quite um non-witchy spaces for your witchy things so for example if I need to buy a specific kind or if I need a specific kind of herb or whatever I will get it from Waitrose yeah <laughs> you know I, I can't grow I tried growing it I'm, you know I'm trying but failing um but yeah would you do you do the same sort of thing or yeah absolutely I'm huge I think you can cast any spell for any intent from everything you can find in the supermarket I can't think of anything I couldn't create out of the supermarket, um, be that, you know, herbs or the candles or the flowers. Also, I will buy a bunch of flowers and dry them if I need to. Um, you know, it is, I think you've just got to be a little bit more creative. And I know some places and cities will have access to uh, community gardens or, or maybe people may have their own, own gardening space um, but certainly it's it's not available to everybody um, and I do kind of caution people against even where the sort of city and public parks you know obviously kind of taking materials out of that area is uh, is not far from ideal. Mm. Uh, yeah because I, th I think um, I don't know because it's not very again aesthetic or very um I don't know. I guess it kind of coats everything in a bit of a, I don't know, I don't want to say corporate glaze, but it feels a little bit like um, a bit grey yeah. <laughs> rather than that kind of like natural, luscious, verdant beauty of nature that we're going and kind of harvesting all of these things. Um, so I think that's why, I don't know, people don't, or witches don't really think or wouldn't necessarily think, uh, okay, well, I can go and get that from Tesco. Or I can go and get that from, from Waitrose or wherever they go. Um, and I think it stops people from doing it because they they feel like it's wrong in some way. Do you yeah, see absolutely. <laughs> yes, because we've just again we've got that kind of perception, haven't we? That we should have uh, flowers, you know, dried herbs hang hanging down from the rafters of things that we've grown or or foraged ourselves, and it, it's just not the reality. And I think it is about yeah, about my my apocryphy is full of things from the supermarket um, and. I really encourage, apart from anything else, it's really budget friendly for people. So yeah, that's I, it. It's so accessible. It makes it so yeah. much more accessible. That's why I think it's such a shame that, or I agree with you, that it's such a shame that um, uh, city witchery isn't talked about so frequently, you know, or so often, or isn't pushed as much as uh, um, in the same sort of ways, because it's actually something that will make witchcraft more accessible, particularly to new witches. Like it is, it's right there. It's available to you at your fingertips. You, you just need to start, you know, yeah. you don't have to go through all of these other things necessarily. Yes, absolutely. And I think we just need to look at cities differently as well. So one exercise I did ages ago that was surprisingly powerful. I was really, I had a period where I was really, really ungrounded. 
um, and I work in the, in, the, in the city and it occurred to me as I was walking past one of our buildings, good, you know, beautiful town hall that um, there was actually this fantastic solid stone structure there. And I just did really simply just in the middle of the city, people wouldn't have realized what I was doing. They might have thought I was just having a little nap or something, but you know, I just spent a couple of minutes leaning right back against this huge structure that had stood there for, you know, hundreds of years. And it was just a different way for me of looking at the earth energy. Um, because I think we just, you know, thinking about the natural world and elements, they all exist in the city. They just exist in a different form. And we've just got yes. to try and shift our perspective. But it was amazingly powerful. And actually, when I did a little bit of research of the building, I found there's, you know, there's bits of quartz in, the, in that stone. And oh, wow. So, you know, the, the, those things are there. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of, of research, doesn't it? And understanding your local topography and climate and um to be able to kind of really work with the energy of your local area definitely I love that yeah definitely getting a, a new perspective on the space that you're in as well because there's a an element of I don't know permanence or stability as well that comes from like the, that kind of manufactured spaces or they've been yeah. built by somebody you know there's an element of creation you can kind of get all of that energy and that and design and inspiration and um and everything from those that you know I mean, even myself, I've completely overlooked at times. Yeah, absolutely. It is there. Just it's about shifting your perspective, isn't it? And thinking maybe about, well, what what different elements would you consider work being in a city environment and kind of viewing that a bit differently? Um, one we've I do a lot of energy with our local we local city river, do a lot of work with that um from a, a magical perspective. So all these things are there. We've just got to find them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot, always a lot of discussions about, especially as witches, of connecting with the land and collect, connecting with your land. Um, and it feels like, again, it's one of those things that feels like it should be fields and trees and, you know, hugging those trees and things. But but what you said is a really good example of how you can connect with the land, even, you know, concrete or <laughs> or anything, you know. So what would you, would you say there was like a different sort of process in connecting with that kind of land other than what we said about the um, changing, shifting the perspective, but I don't know, is it more about kind of spending time in those spaces or is there something a little bit different that you might recommend for cities? I I think re start with a little bit of research is really useful. So you understand a little bit about the climate of the area, maybe any of the local, any of the local plants that might exist, what type of land it is, is there a, you know, predominance of flint in the, in the land and just kind of start with a little bit of, and also kind of any of the local folklore and just some of the basic history of the uh, city. Um, one tip I got from one of the few books out there was about trying to find a the highest point of the city and getting a bit of a vantage so you've got that physical view of, of looking over the city and kind of getting that physical sense of the land and how the, the land is around you but apart from that I think it is I think energetically it does take a little bit might take a little bit more work for people if you're more used to working with that kind of immediate natural energy of sort of trees and plants it can be take just energetically ritually a little bit more work to connect into that certainly took me a long time to be able to channel a city's energy in terms of fuel and spell work um but you know i charged a spell by um 
tucking it in my pocket and taking it to a gig live music (laughs) so you know because there's that like you know cities of the complex aren't you cities it's really complex and new ones you can get and some you can get a tremendous kind of sense of oneness in those places that can be really energetically powerful i think and then you know other other spaces on other days might feel a bit energetically overwhelming and you need to approach it sort of very differently and you may be looking around your energy being more shielded and protected you know depending on where you are and how you feel and and what's going on so uh it does it does take a little bit of practice I think but once you've learned to tap into it I think it can be really potent yeah definitely and I love that aspect of finding out a bit more about the history as well because there's a lot that goes into the construction and the management of a city I mean anyone that's played sim city (laughs) um but even like looking at Paris as an example um and all the I'm going to butcher the name arrondissements is that how you say it um where it was all all the neighborhoods are arranged in like a kind of snail shape um and that had such a huge impact on the musical culture for sure like it's had such a huge impact on the um on the cultural development of the city that that's something that's such a huge thing to overlook if you're if you're too busy kind of trying to see well how are other witches doing it or how are yeah you know which which core how is that going you know (laughs) yeah absolutely and I think and I think it's a really good to kind of challenge yourself because you will if you you look and you pay attention I always a big advocate nature will find a way Mm. as well it will be there if you are go out and you're like you know looking to if you even if you just challenge yourself to walk around your local neighborhood and there will still be plants and things growing there will still be you know dandelions one of the most magical plants you can get mm-hmm. you know and there's something about the resilience of cities I think and you know and that lenses so you know dandelions I work when I work with dand things like dandelion it is for things like resilience because they do just find a way to thrive anyway and I think that's a really good metaphor for kind of life in a city isn't it you know they they will it keeps on going so nature will find it find a way it will be there you may Mm. have to look for it a bit a bit harder um but it will always be there yeah absolutely you're so right um it's um Alconet here where I live that it gets absolutely everywhere it grows I mean our my garden gets full of it um <laughs> you know as soon as may comes around it's everywhere it's all coming up through all the cracks of the pavements in our local um local area and everything um but you're absolutely right in that there's so much power in that and that kind of breaking through that man-made um space and that persistence of nature and that perpetual yeah. nature of nature <laughs> you know um as well and I think that um but no I love what um what you said uh, what you're saying about how nature is always there and it kind of you can tap into that energy as well where um I mean you see it in like apocalyptic movies and things yeah. like where there are all these um sort of man-made structures and these cities but nature always takes over um there's it, that kind of element of yeah these things are there and we kind of live in these houses or whatever but we constantly have to maintain them you know against the forces yeah. of nature I suppose as well yeah. and we saw that during Covid didn't we about how much nature you know even a couple of months indoors and look how much in some areas nature came back so uh yeah it will um it will continue to thrive yeah always always um so what other aspects of being a witch in the city do you think it's really important for other witches to know especially where they might be this might be a complete revelation to them be like well actually yeah no this makes total sense I can 
I can access, um, you know, an abundance of resources or whatever. I can access my craft from where I am. I don't have to keep going out and or whatever. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> where, yeah. where would someone start? I think there's something about, I think one thing about city living particularly is, is our, as our home spaces may be different and um, people may be living more in apartments or even in kind of shared spaces with, uh, with other people who, who, you know, are possibly not likely to be with you. So I think there's something about even just where we start with our protection and our energetic work of our own homes in an apartment um, is different, isn't it? Than if you, you know, you're walking on, working on sort of a home with a garden where you ward and your, your garden and your home differently so I think we need to you know it makes sense for me to sort of start there and some of that people will be experiencing restrictions won't they? especially if you're a, maybe a younger person you're in student accommodation you may have restrictions over what you can and you can't do in some of those spaces so I think starting with thinking a bit more creatively about how you can I don't know maybe bring nature into your homes it doesn't need to be candles or things like that you can represent that in other ways you know I you can do a lot of work with sound in those areas so instead of um I don't know can you know going out and foraging something you might play nature sounds to to represent nature on your on your altar so I think we kind of probably need to start thinking about what it start what it feels like to be living in a city and the witch's home and our hearth and and how that feels and looks and does that need to operate a bit differently as sort of one of our sources of power and i do think there is something about although there's lots of positive aspects of, of energy in a city it can be overwhelming especially if you are sensitive to energy which many of us are it is really easy to feel energetically overwhelmed in city spaces i think so working on your own energetic shielding and protection and some of those really discreet forms of of magic that you may need to employ if you're you know you, you're working in an office area or or you, you're living with people who who you, you can't be open about your practice with we may need to kind of you know shield ourselves in a bit of a different way and um, to stop that energetic overwhelm mm. yeah absolutely that's such a good tip a really good place to start and I guess it's finding that or carving out that space that kind of safe haven within you know the potential chaos of of a city or and you know having that safe space that you can practice but also like you say energetically recharge and cleanse yourself of anything that you know you may have picked up during your day <laughs> yeah and I think that's where things like glamour magic can be really helpful for city witches because I think we think of glamour magic as it's been about beauty and self-care and enchanting your makeup but actually glamour magic can help you be invisible when you want to be as well you know so sometimes as, as you know um from a safety perspective of, of being in a city you know some of those kind of protection work and being able to energetically fade into the background sometimes and to kind of shield and uh, shield yourself and, and glamour yourself to be invisible I think can be really really useful skills for uh, for city witches to learn mm, yeah definitely wow I, th I think one aspect that's interesting is the idea of um, animism in man-made objects Ah, interesting. Um, <laughs> and and I know you know we a lot of us kind of come from an animistic. Animini can't say that. An animistic. Thank you, animistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, 
and and that tends to sort of you know we think about the the spirit and try and connect with the the energy of of the natural world but you know there is that again it's more maybe takes more work and a, and a bit more practice but i do believe we can tap into the energy of, of more man-made objects and consider maybe what some of those man-made objects can represent to you and um, magically as well um i think is and and that does i think does start kind of crossing over a little bit maybe with some of the 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 techno witchcraft and techno paganism aspect but i do think it is a really um interesting area to think about can you you know tap into the not just the the you going back to my example of the building the um grounding energy of that type of structure but actually can you tap into the spirit of that structure um and the idea of actually and i like to think with those types of spaces where we especially kind of buildings and public buildings that that get a lot of use there is something i think about the the spirit that is built up about how those buildings have been used over the years um to that lens yeah. energy into it and sort of so i do think there is something interesting about and i'm, I'm still open-minded about it. it's something i'm still kind of exploring myself um but the idea of animism and man-made objects for cities, I think, is really is really interesting. Yeah, that's fascinating because, um, like you say, it could be how the building's used. It could be how it used to be used and now it's used for something else and that kind of transformation between those things. And um, I think that applies to our own homes as well, especially, I mean, in the UK, because a lot of our homes are are really old yeah. <laughs> uh, most of them are I think my, my house was built in the sort of Victorian terrace it was built in 18 the 1860s or something you know how was the city or the buildings that might have been used like you might live in something that was an old water tower or an old factory or something and yeah. connected with that I think um the house that, that I live in had they used to I don't know why I'm pointing <laughs> pointing um there was a big like a huge gravel pit um out the back um where people used to work to kind of like you know collect that kind of thing and I guess that kind of you could read any you could take any kind of sim symbols from that really couldn't you of like kind of harvesting yeah. from the earth and um even if it is rocks <laughs> it's not the most exciting thing to harvest but <laughs> but even that kind of thing um yeah that's really interesting yeah, and I think, you know, and, and that things like that then can get incorporated into spell work on you. So, you know, you can use you know, quite a lot of, um, you know, things like dirt magic or, you know, if you've got a big bank, you know, you can maybe, you know, take a little bit of a symbolism of the bank or something like that. I think there is ways to use, therefore, start incorporating those kind of things into, into your spell work when you start thinking actually symbolically, what do those things represent? So... If I can take a little bit of a stone from outside of a, I don't know, your your crown court or something, you know, is there something in that that you can therefore use for spell for justice and fairness or for the truth to come out or you know? So um, I think I think it is trying to think about some of these things a bit more symbolically about what do, what does does that represent? Whether that is your buildings or or your man made objects. Um, I think there's definitely ways to approach that. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, so how about if um, there are any, you know, well-versed city witches <laughs> who are um, who are maybe now feeling seen, like, yes, finally, talking about, talking about it. Um, but maybe they might be um, <laughs> thinking, okay, well, how do I take my magic to the next level? Like, I've, I've 
where yeah how would they how could they use their environment to kind of in a bit more advanced practice I suppose um is there anything that you think would you know where they could start with that sort of a bit more advanced practice in the city I think it is about really challenging your ability to channel different types of energy from an advanced practice um so could you I don't know pull on could you learn to pull on the the I'm not suggesting this in a dangerous way but you know start kind of pulling on the on things like the power of the electricity um you know kind of from an energetic because that you know for me that really does represent fire energy so can you start pulling on that and and really start thinking about different types of energetic practice and really kind of test yourself I think to try different ways of fueling your spell work like going back to my example of um you know using live music to to charge a spell I'm sure that you know there'll be lots of other examples of kind of you know city living um to that you can use for that yeah wow absolutely that's so interesting um another thing that I don't think we've touched on yet is the kind of multiculturalism of cities as well which I think can be of a huge I mean we kind of did when talking about how many different kind of people and communities there are um but yeah I mean there's lots of um, I mean just on the dog walk route um that I take I pass um a synagogue and and a church and a I don't know how to pronounce it properly I might murder it um a gudvara is that how they're pronounced yeah. I'm yeah, sure I'll take your word for that one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, apologies, any um, any listeners that are Sikh that I have absolutely butchered that pronunciation for. Um, but yeah, and I think that's that's another really beautiful thing about being in the city. And I think there's lots of I, mean, I don't know if you agree, like lots of um, sort of energy that you could harness from that. And um, I don't know, it kind of opens up your perspective a bit more to different cultures and how um how you might relate to those or how you might like I don't know it just gives that richer tapestry of of life yeah. as humans you know and does, am I making sense <laughs> yes no I yeah I see what you mean no yeah that's absolutely true because um actually one of my big sources of um spell ingredients is things like the world food markets that we've got mm-hmm. you know you really can find some amazing spell ingredients in 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 those shops so there is definitely something about the dynamism in the space and especially in some of the cultural opportunities that that provides um so often in, in cities you know there'll be lots of different types of cultural um festivals that will be open to people and apart from just you know education just the opportunity again you experience a different type of energy um, you may it may fuel an idea for a spell so that it's that access to those kind of creative opportunities all of the time isn't it mm, definitely definitely uh, is there one thing that you would say this is the best thing about being a witch in the city um, and why anyone that is finding themselves um, as a witch in the city but thinking a bit disconnected or, un- or ungrounded from their practice and they kind of go through all of the stuff that we've talked about today but if there's one thing that you would say actually you know you should love where you are because of this what would it be I would say the opportunity for community. I think that is just just the sheer resources that we have at, at our disposal as witches and therefore the opportunity for community. Because even if you can't easily spot direct witchcraft community, there will be witch-adjacent people or certainly people who are interested in 
you know, witchy things or paganism or spirituality in so many of those different spaces that we have available as witches. Mm. Um, that would be what I think is real cause for celebration because we are all so much of our connection now is um, especially if you're solitary, but the majority of us are so much of your connection is, is online, isn't it? And, and that that's fantastic. And I've got some fantastic online community, but I do think that opportunity to uh, connect in, you know, we can really enhance your practice, give your input of just, you know, social and, and friendship and that opportunity that a city which has to find community and make connection um, is what I think is the, is the the best part of being a city witch and yeah shopping I, I like we like shiny things don't we so thrift shops you know the amount of charity and thrift shops we get to go to and find find cute things and witchy things for altars as yeah yeah no 100% yeah definitely um I guess just the sort of the other thing I, I think I, I'd say generally is the um are trying to connect with the not just the energy but the kind of the spirit of your, of your city so I guess one place that I'd encourage people to to think about starting is if you had to sum up your city in a couple of words or the spirit of the or even the spirit of the people if you if you're struggling struggling to conceptualize the the archetype of the city um, if you had to kind of sum it up in a couple of words what would it be what would be the the spirit and the nature of the city because I think we are we do have very distinct energies and spirits in the city don't we in terms of, of the characteristics of it and the people um so you know i'm from newcastle originally that's very much got its own its own characteristics as liverpool and you know manchester london all those places have very very much got their own characteristics and i think just trying to kind of conceptualize that in a couple of words um is is a good place to start and tell you something about the 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 kind of the the opportunities that you can tap into there so certainly for liverpool where i am it's, it's a really it's a really rebellious city in some respects <laughs> um you know very very sort of you know free thinking and rebellious and, and a lot of that does come from the history of the city and the instability of the the, the trades and the, the shipping yeah so you know as opposed to maybe somewhere like Manchester which is very you know was from a trade perspective was was very kind of organized and grounded and they are very different cities people wise but as witches we can see and sense that energetically as well or, or kind of in the spirit of the city so I think thinking about, you know, what would be the archetype of the city if your city was a a colour, a sound, a person, you know, what would it be? It just all can help you um, tap in to, to start and to think about how you can work with it as a as an entity, as its own, as its own place. Mm. Yeah, I love that. That's so I'm actually gonna be I'm actually gonna do that. <laughs> So I feel, feel so inspired. I've definitely learned something. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, no, that's yeah, that's really interesting. I think yeah, knowing the uh, coming back to the the kind of history of it as well. Um, all of those things kind of tie that up into into as you say, finding those archetypes. Um, yeah, it's so interesting and a lot to learn. Um, I think for all of us with um, each where where we're living, you know, each of our home situations. Um, but this has been so interesting. 
I know I say that a lot. I'm generally just very interested in <laughs> things by the sounds of it. <laughs> All I ever said is, mm, that's really interesting. Um, but it's true. It's very interesting. I am already feeling inspired um, and will probably start doing it. Everyone knows I love a journal. So I'll be in my journal straight after this call, <laughs> thinking about all of those things. Uh, but I have a very unrelated, important and yet unrelated question. I've been asking everybody just to kind of close out our lovely chat here and that is if there were going to be a Geordie Witch movie who would play you in that movie <laughs> oh that's a very very good question it's a tough one isn't it <laughs> it is a tough one but rather hilarious sorry it's a slight tangent rather hilariously I did find in my um messages yesterday uh, a message from a production company this this is quite a good example actually going back to city witchery in terms of perspective and perception it was from a production company who um the the people who do the mass singer they said um who were going to be doing a reality tv show about witchcraft and um they were sort of saying you know would you be interested in talking to us um but the but the, their selling point their selling point was um you know we're thinking beautiful landscape you know sweeping landscapes and beautiful music and countryside i'm like i live next to a football stadium in inner city Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> so um i don't quite you know know where you kind of get your, your sweeping landscapes from but uh yeah, yeah. But, but that again you know kind of going back to the perception um yeah, so funny Yes, it did. It made me giggle. It's it's not not something I will pursue be pursuing, but it did make me giggle. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um. Okay. So, um, who will play me? Um, I'm stuck on this answer just because I've been told I look like her a couple of times before. My hair was this color, um, and I sound nothing like her because of, obviously with the Geordie. Um, so I'm going Kate Winslet. Oh yeah, I could see that actually. Yeah, yeah, I think she played good. Yeah, I was leaning more towards um, Marion Coulthard. I can't know how to pronounce her last name. Oh yes, yeah, I think she would play a good view as well. Yeah, it's a really tough one, isn't it? That is a really, really tough one. <laughs> it's so interesting. I love to ask everyone that question. <laughs> well, lovely. It's been an absolute pleasure to to speak with you today. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to chat with me. Oh, thank you. No, it has been lovely. It did. It's been a great opportunity to force me to, um, yeah, reflect. And it's good to conceptualise your practice sometimes, isn't it? You know, sometimes you're too busy kind of doing the do or yeah. you're thinking about the practicalities or or that you're not doing the do and you really should be doing the do. <laughs> Only had the time or the energy. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so it is really good opportunity to kind of stop and reflect and... Um, yeah kind of conceptualize what you're doing a bit yeah absolutely and kind of get it helps you kind of connect it on a different level as well doesn't it um they always say that the best way to understand something is to teach someone else how to do it and I guess it's a similar sort of thing <laughs> yes yeah yeah that's true oh so thank you so much for um the opportunity of, of uh, it's really you. kind of you to ask me to Oh, always and we'll have you back um at some point as well to talk about all these other things i could pick your brain for hours and days so <laughs> um, thanks again uh, so much so thank you very much for tuning in again today it has been an absolute pleasure if you like this episode you can enjoy it ad free by becoming a witchology subscriber not only do you get access to this podcast and lots of bonus episodes 
You will also get a print subscription to our magazine as well as cauldrons full of additional content on our exclusive members area on the website. Head to www.witchologymagazine.com forward slash subscriptions to find out more. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you.